Podcast 128, celebrating 10 years of the podcast. I'd like to dedicate this episode to Rockline host Bob Coburn. Bob Coburn was an influential DJ, and he was the host of the syndicated call-in interview show called Rockline. He had Kiss on there a ton of times. I've always kind of based my personal interview style on his work. You will be missed, and we will be seeing you. On with the show. Hi, this is Dave Robinson from Podcast UK. I'm wishing all the podcast listeners around the world a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho! We are rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Ace Fraley. It's Fraley, not Freely. Ho, ho, ho! (laughs) All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Ready? Ready. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and today I'm joined by the Matt Porter. Welcome back, Matt. Ken, how are you, pal? I'm doing very good, sir. Uh, wow, what a year for KISS, huh? You know, it's amazing that here we are in the year 2016, and we still have so much KISS fun, so... Absolutely. On this episode today, we're going to be talking about creatures one more time. Uh, you know how I, I just kind of get obsessed on something in KISS, and I just can't let it go, so... <laughs> You're obsessed with the feathers on Paul's monster costume. I think on the last two episodes, you managed to mention that, and how you had pictures from 1975, mm-hmm. and people, you know, blah, 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 going nuts. <laughs> just imagine what it's like to live with me when I tell that story over soup, just for no reason. <laughs> People will be talking about the football game and I'll, you know, Dallas versus whatever, and I just look at them. But you know, some people are obsessed with Paul Stanley's feather costumes <laughs> and the candy corns on Jean. Ah, life with a Kiss fan. Life exactly. with a Kiss fan. Coming up on the show today, we're going to have some audio from back in the day, and Ken Keenan from the Kiss FAQ podcast will be dropping by to talk about his creatures' experience as well. It's weird because. This year, it seems like we're living in the past and living in the future. We have some very cool news coming up. KISS is going to Europe. And it seems like the phrase that pays is KISS World. Have you noticed that? You know, I think in that graphic of them holding a globe, Mm -hmm. I think think they're going to really promote the fact that that uh, they will be hitting places overseas they haven't been in a while. And I think obviously, you know, continuing that kind of worldwide, you know, fan base. And uh, I think it's great. I think all those fans are going to really love it. Well, if you remember correctly, what was the theme park in Kiss Meets Scooby-Doo? Well, right. And if you remember on Tom Snyder saying yeah. it's coming soon, <laughs> Kiss World, the traveling amusement park. Yeah, we're never going to see it. But hey, wouldn't it be nice? Well, you know, it, it just depends on what your definition of an amusement park is. Every time <laughs> I've been to a Kiss concert, it's been a thrill ride. So there you go. You know, there you go. It looks like Kiss World is 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 happening in a sense. At least that the phrase that pays is so. It's Kiss's world. We just live in it. So the, the, the sooner you get with that Kiss army, the better. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and it's cool because they, it seems like they're wearing the creature's costumes. 
What do you think about that, man? I think it's great. I think they look great. I think Gene, especially like the the elder elder era creatures era, those costumes were so much sleeker, mm-hmm. and I think it makes him look a little less bulky. The monster costume was pretty bulky. You know, everything he wore in Rock the Nation, I think you know he looks very trim in this new costume. I think mm-hmm. it does him a world of good. Paul, obviously, I think you know, obviously, rocked always that half shirt look. It was always a great look. You know, back when. Uh, in 1980s you know so it was something i think he's very comfortable obviously the thing everybody looks at well tommy there he is in in the aces costume and blah blah blah. hey look they're celebrating as much of their history as we are enjoying it so i think uh you know i think it's cool you know it's uh it's kind of a mix i mean obviously eric singer is wearing peter chris makeup in an eric carr style kind of costume so it's kind of a weird mix and uh Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, hey, look, it's cool, and we're going to enjoy it as much as we can, right? Well, Kiss has always been a weird mix. Let's right. think about that. <laughs> yep, it's true. You had the four elements coming together and the four personalities coming together, and one guy's from space, one guy's from hell, one guy's from <laughs> uh, your bedroom, and one guy's from uh, either an alley or a, a jungle, you know. So it's all it's all good. So uh, enjoy what you can out of kiss because you know get it while you can because someday you know we are all limited edition collectibles and that includes this band you know there may be a kiss 2.0 but man how many times are you gonna get to say i i actually saw kiss and it's it's and i think we've been so lucky i mean i think we've all been saying i know i have for about the last i don't know almost 20 years mm-hmm. saying man i hope this isn't the last time i see him or wow this might be the last time i see him i, I try and say that to my wife every time i'm buying tickets that are too expensive well this might be the last time i ever see him and she says yeah but you've been saying that for 20 years you've seen him 39 <laughs> last times now man so <laughs> so uh, it's i think really the fact that you know and look bands today that come and go they're here today gone today you know like Mm -hmm. we've been lucky to always have this and i mean even you know kiss 2.0 i you know you get into that discussion i hope that um i really don't think we should ever see like the official kiss sanctioned tribute bands i think i've always liked the fact that tribute bands have been very do-it-yourself and kind of grassroots tributes to kiss and i think uh you know to really try and make it anything more than that would be a little bit crazy especially if they want to charge you too much and people can argue well the costumes aren't accurate or this guy shouldn't wear that costume and this and that and the other and how come he's wearing a creature's costume but this guy's wearing his destroyer costume tribute bands are doing it on you know they're paying their own way so right. uh you know i think people are like that and i'd say the same thing with everything go out and enjoy it it's still a blast so uh who knows will we get the official kiss 2.0 being a sanctioned version of the band i don't know it's a celebration of kiss culture and history itself so you know amen enjoy enjoy kiss however you choose it's kind of like the holidays right man <laughs> exactly if you want to put a poll up in your room and wrestle and talk about your grievances <laughs> you want to celebrate festivus go for it if you want to celebrate hotter than hell go for it if you want to celebrate asylum go for it you know well, you know, it's funny that we were talking, I mean, obviously the last couple episodes have been about creatures, and I think when you think about creatures, you forget, I mean, back in 1982, Kiss was not considered cool. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were still a Kiss fan, if you had hung on through a lot of that stuff, it was because you really liked it. I think it was, you know, it wasn't like you were hearing it on the radio, it wasn't like they were really on TV, they weren't like the hottest thing anymore, 
And here it is now, 2016, and people still want to fight about it. And you go, the people that said at the time, oh, Kiss sucks or whatever. Now it's like the Kiss Army wants to tell you Kiss sucks. And it's like, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, even if you watch Kiss's live stream, like there's people will get on on Facebook. Now, first, you got to follow Kiss on Facebook. And then there's always the, oh, Kiss is no good anymore. And this and that and the other. And you go, oh, my God. Like, why would you still follow this if you don't like it anymore? And look, obviously, anybody listening to the podcast, it's the hardcore fans I mean, people that have hung in for a long time. I can't imagine why people are so critical about something that they really claim to love. But it's like, uh, you know, and like you said, look, if, if you only go up to the, you know, the first couple albums, listen to that stuff. That's fine. It still sounds great. And here's the thing, you know, people are saying, well, this shouldn't be worn like that and so on and so forth. You know, like we were discussing earlier. You know, it doesn't matter what the current lineup wears on stage. It doesn't change Creatures of the Night, the album, for you. Exactly. You know, nothing. Exactly. It, it's not like it's been replaced. Like they pulled a George Lucas where, right, right. you know, Greedo shot first and all that stuff. Exactly. So you still have everything that you've ever had. You really can't. It, it, that's another phrase that, like, throws me as people say, Kiss is tainting their legacy. First of all, the only thing cool about that is that you get to say the word taint in a sentence <laughs> in a in a sentence and nobody gets upset. But <laughs> but Kiss's legacy has always been one of shame or outrage or coolness, whatever it is to you, it is to you. You know, if you if you didn't get Kiss in 1973, you didn't get Kiss in 2013. You're you're probably not getting them now. You know what I'm right. saying? So, right. on the other hand, there's a new Kiss fan born every minute. Every time a demon spits its blood, a new Kiss fan yeah. is born. Well, and even the fact that you you know you go to a lot of these concerts, you go to the Kiss Expo, or whatever, and there's young kids, kids in the makeup, and a lot of them I think has good parents. We've managed to get our kids to maybe listen to some of it. I know my daughter doesn't really listen to Kiss. As long as there's people around that want to enjoy it, the legacy is that we've had a good time. And at mm. the bottom line, that's what it comes down to. It's just something to kind of keep you going, and, and it's always been there for us. We've been fortunate that way. Well, you know, Matt, there's the, the scene from Role Models, which really points out the conversation every parent must have with their kids. Let's check that out right now. Who are these clowns? Kiss? You don't know who Kiss is? No, never heard of them. They look like idiots to me. No, 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 dude, these are four of the smartest guys who ever lived. They're these Jewish guys that grew up in New York, and they put on guitars and makeup to get girls, and all their songs are about fucking. I'm listening. Seriously, this song is called Love Gun, and it's about Paul Stanley's dick. Now this girl's gonna get some of his dick. Cool. How do those Jews could sing like that? No, no, they couldn't at the time. That's why they had to dress like clowns. This got them girls? Get this. They've been getting pussy nonstop for 30 years. They're probably fucking right now. They're old dudes. They put makeup on and it's all good. No shit. You pull the trigger of mine. Love gun. You see Ronnie as thick as the gun. The way he's, where he's explaining the yeah. pinball machine, yeah. that's the greatest. Oh, no. At the time, Jews couldn't rock out like that. <laughs> So, you know, it's important to have these conversations with your kids as they're coming up. So uh, that's just one example. That's, that's just awesome. one example. Speaking of KISS current news, Mr. Ace Fraley was on the Eddie Trunk show once again. And Ace was talking about 
creatures of the night. It's it's funny how this is all coming together, how everything seems to be, you know, it all goes in cycles. And this really does seem to be the time of creatures, doesn't it? You know, I think it's on everybody's mind because they wore the costumes on the on the cruise. But then, mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, obviously, an Ace just, you know, Ace had uh, Rock and Roll Hell on his Origins album. So it's like it, it's, you know, there are things that are tying it all together. Mm-hmm. I guess that he told Eddie Trunk that he would have been happier if the band had stuck to its original back-to-basics plan when recording music from The Elder, instead of veering off into what Gene Simmons has described as a bad Genesis record. Ouch. Mm. (laughs) Wow. I thought Creatures was a good record, you know. There was, you know, after listening to the record completed, you know, it was really the record that I would have enjoyed recording, you know, instead of Elder. Right. Because during the recording of Elder, I kept telling Paul and Gene and Bob Ezrin that, you know, this is the wrong record at the wrong time. We should be doing a heavier hard rock record. That's what the fans want. That's what the fans expect. And everybody just put put a deaf ear to me. And we all know what happened and how uh, the Elder was received. Ace talks about the promotional appearances for the album. Check this out. It was just one of those weird things in history where, you know, I had made a I had made a, a personal decision to leave the band and pursue other things and uh but I also had made the commitment to promote the record, so you know, I uh I stood by my word, you know. So when you're up there, and I know this is a long time ago, but I'm wondering if you remember, when you're up there and the press are firing these questions at you about this record had you heard the record? Did you know it well enough that you could speak about the songs on it? Or did you just were like, I'll just keep it very vague and let the other guys talk more about the record since it's an album that you had nothing to do with? Well, I don't remember the press conference that you're really talking about very much. And I don't remember what questions were shot at me, but I'm sure I I bullshitted my way through it. <laughs> Well, that's my point. It was brilliant. The way you did it was like watching it now. There's no way in the world you would ever believe that this guy's literally out of the band while while he's doing this. I mean, you you sold it so amazingly well. Well, like I said, I made made Paul and Gene a commitment that I was going to fulfill, you know, my obligation to promote the record. And, you know, that's what professional musicians do. So, Matt, what do you think about that? You know, I mean, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh-huh. The, the elder certainly doesn't come up as the greatest part of history when they look at success. But, I mean, if it had been, everybody would have thought they were geniuses. It wasn't. You know, and, and I still love the elder. I mean, obviously, it's something that, you know, it's I think when they talk bad about it, I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that it, it was not successful, you know, in the eyes of sales or critics or even a lot of Kiss fans. But, you know, sure, I think if they had gone right into something like Creatures, which was heavier, who knows? Maybe that would have gone over better. But the, uh, you know, and it's just, look, look, again, it kind of comes back to you kind of enjoy what, you know, the parts of that you like and maybe things that you don't enjoy so much you just leave for somebody else. But, uh, you know, and I could see where, yeah, I, I wish, you know, listening to Creatures, you know, there are, there are little parts of it where you say it sounds like it could have been Ace. But, uh, but yeah, there's it really doesn't have... You know, the ace feel, and I think I really wish it did, sure, but the, uh, you know, it's what it is. Yeah. Well, it's weird to think that Ace's last Kiss album was uh, Psycho Circus, right? Right, right. And he played on three tracks of that, so it's kind of sad. But, you know, in uh, a way, Psycho Circus, and we've had the Psycho Circus conversation before, but in a way, 
kind of pointed to everything that kind of was maybe not the best part of Kiss is that it was it wasn't the four guys anymore. It was a whole bunch of different people, and they weren't all together on it, and they weren't singing on the songs together. And you know, it's uh, in in a way, history kind of really repeated itself. You know, the reunion tour came back, and they were as big as it was the '70s, and and then they kind of fell into all the same problems again. Was, you know, not everybody's on the album, and uh, you know, but again, it's it's you know. I liked it when I was 10 years old and I didn't know all the band politics, you know, even, you know, it's funny because even like when we talk about like, uh, you know, uh, you know, even the last couple episodes, you talked about creatures and the elder and wow, who's this guy, the wizard. And, you know, you didn't really know because other than uh, a TV clipping here or there or like maybe a magazine clipping, you know, we didn't get this look behind the scenes. It was really much, much tougher to know what was really going on. You know, or or who was in the band at all, let alone who was playing, you know, who was a ghost player on the album. So, mm-hmm. Agreed 100%. People forget that in 1982, there was no internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it how everybody seems to know everything. Like, when, if it said Kiss on the label, to me, that was Kiss. You know, right. that was, and it, it's not that, it's not saying that I'm, I'm a sheep and will, you know, gobble up anything, but... Hey, for the longest time, I thought that must be Peter Chris on Unmasked, and he just sounds so different because he sounded similar to that on Dynasty. You know, nobody right. told us what was going on. And right at seventeen, I was more worried about girls than uh, which guy played drums on what. You know, but you know, at the time we were living Kiss, we weren't uh, debating it and analyzing it. We were just enjoying it. You know, I think in a way it's the same thing as always is like in the same thing I think that we keep the spirit of on the podcast and certainly I do on the kiss room Mm -hmm. is that you talk about what you like rather than just try and destroy it, you know, and and I've never been one to really pick it apart. If I like something, you know, I don't really spend too much time telling you why it sucks. It's like uh, I think that, uh, you know, and I think that's what you start to see. I think it's really just obviously social media is if I don't like something, nobody should like it. Yeah, and you're, you're, I'm going to destroy it. And I don't know. I've never been that guy. So Right. And finally, uh, Kiss Destroyers have, have become a real thing. And right. sadly, they're some Kiss fans. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyhow, love what I'll you love. I'll destroy you, Kiss. I'll destroy you, Kiss. <laughs> High spirited kids, that's what I see. They even gave themselves a name. They call themselves the Kiss Army. That's right. That's what we are. We're high spirited kids or <laughs> high spirited grandparents. So, so. Just reflecting the spirit of the park. That's right, buddy. We've got the rides, we've got the attractions, and we've got Kiss. What about the Freddy the Fox? <laughs> 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 So, Matt, how important is Creatures to you in your personal history? 
You know, and I, I really love Creatures, and I do lump it in with that first group of albums. You know, you had, you know, obviously the, the original version of Kiss, and, and I still think of it very much like that. And I think in a lot of ways, it's, I, I feel very, I mean, look, we've had the conversation before about, you know, you can only be a Kiss fan if you discover them here, there, or everywhere. But, I mean, for me, it comes back to, like, really all through junior high and high school, we had a new Kiss record every year. And, I mean, obviously, like, something like creatures i'm like in ninth grade and and it was really part of that soundtrack of you remember being that age and discovering it and uh i listen to it a lot it's actually one that stays pretty much in the rotation especially this time of year obviously it's a very you know i think it's tied to halloween in my mind it was released mm -hmm. in uh you know around october in, in it was in october 1982 so i mean obviously i think it kind of cemented halloween with kiss again and, uh, you know, I, I think of it as as it's a very fall album. I do tend to listen to it around Halloween a lot. Uh, obviously, Creatures of the Night, the whole idea, you know, Creatures of the Night, what music they make. We love the music that they make, you know, and I think uh, it is something that uh, that I do really associate with that. What were your favorite tracks on the album? You know, obviously, Creatures of the Night, the title track, has always been a favorite. I think, you know, I don't think there's a bad song on the album. And I think, obviously, something like I Love It Loud, you know, probably has gotten almost to the point where it's like rock and roll night, where you've heard it so much that people, I think, forget how great it is. Uh -huh. You know, and I think that the drums on that, you know, you have Eric Carr just, you know, with that beat. And, I mean, that call and response, you know, the yeah, yeah, I mean... That's the kind of thing people have been doing that for so long with each other as Kiss fans. Like, I mean, if you get with a, a group of Kiss fans, you know, you're at a show. Everybody likes yelling that. It's I Love It Loud, I think, really is, is a song that in a way has gotten almost too played. People are used to it. And I think forget how great that was at the time, especially with the video. And even the same with, like, War Machine. I mean, I think they, they keep putting War Machine in the set almost to the point where, you, you know, you're so used to it that you forget that that was really... Um, you know, a really good heavy song at the time. And I think also, I mean, I go back to over the years, I mean, obviously as as like, you know, a ninth grader or whatever, something like War Machine or, or I Love It Loud, you know, I still want to be the God of Thunder. And, you know, you can relate to those kind of uh, really kind of large in life kind of aggressive songs. Whereas, I mean, obviously something like I Still Love You, you know, look, at ninth grade, <laughs> I don't even think I had had a girlfriend yet, let alone a breakup to, to call up that kind of song. But, I mean, who hasn't thought of that song at some point in their life, you know, when you were going through, you know, whatever the makeup or breakup in your life. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, everybody take a moment and think about that someone who makes you want to spit. And, and uh, go ahead, and uh, you can oh. spit right now. But, the uh, you know, so I think there's, I think really like every song. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a bad song on the album, and it really is uh, something, like I said, I do listen to quite a bit. Here's a song that says it real simple. This one says, if it's too loud for you,
Okay, here's one of the most defining uh, questions that I could ask anyone about Creatures. Are you ready? This is the ready. big one. Matt, what's the worst song on Creatures? The worst song on Creatures? Uh, you know, I'd almost have to say something like like Danger or, I don't know, maybe Killer. That like Almost like Fast. I mean, but I don't know. I like them all. I mean, it's like, yeah, me too. I, you know, it's so it's, I don't know. I mean, it's like, and I think in a way, this is one of those that, that really... Again, I think with those early albums, it came out at a time where I would listen to everything, you know, and I think, and certainly you did as well. You listen to an album in order and you listen to it side by side, you know, and, and you know what song comes next, which is weird when they re-released it in, uh, you know, what, eight, 19, you know, what it was, 85 or whatever. They put it out on CD with a different cover. Mm -hmm. And Saint and Sinner and Killer are flipped. And yeah. it just sounds weird that they're not in the right order. But I Agreed. think to me, this album works as such a cohesive unit of songs, you know, and there are things about it that I wish were different. Sure. I mean, I think, again, I've always said it. I like it when they, when they all sing on each other's songs and you don't really have that on these songs, but I, I don't know that there's a song that I would say, Oh, we have to get rid of that. Or, you know, I know uh, there, there's always the talk that um, it's my life could have been on here in a, in a heavier <sighs> version. I, and you know, if you would have been able to have something like that would have been great, but I, but I really like every song. I don't know that there's one that I, that I nest. I mean, maybe I still love you. I flip over. If you're, when you're driving, and you've got it cranked out the window. You know, you don't maybe want to become reflective at that exact minute. But, right. uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really uh, I can't say that there's one that I would say right away, oh, Ken, I, you know, that song is really the worst mm -hmm. song on the album. Well, you know, I love listening to I Still Love You on a foggy night if you're driving late at night. Oh, right. God, that's a great mood piece, you know. I mean, I mean, look, I'm going to say I, I like it. It's just one of those things where I think it's so different than the rest of the album as far as the mood. You know, whereas, I mean, obviously Creatures of the Night and Saint and Sinner and, and Keep Me Coming and even Rock and Roll Hell are kind of those bombastic, you know, kind of songs by the time. And even especially after you roll out of I Love It Loud. And then all of a sudden they slow it down. It's the one time of the album that they really slow it down. Mm -hmm. and, and if you had to say, well, you know, you know, look, we're we're really building it up here. I mean, this album's a really, you know, even as far as Kiss, it's a pretty heavy album, and it's really, uh, you know, it's the one that kind of slows down. And I think, I mean, I really get it. It's a, I think Paul sounds very passionate on the out on that song, mm -hmm. and and is the vocals great and everything. But I think if you had to take one out, I think you know you could uh, you could keep it heavier record and just take that song out. Well, I disagree with you, but. Uh... You know, so, so which so, is your least favorite song? Then? Well, you know, it, it's got to come down. You know, I was thinking about this last night uh, because I knew we were going to have the, the joy of speaking to one another. And it, it, it is always a joy <laughs> when I get to talk to Matt Porter. Seriously. You're awesome. No, I'm serious. It's uh, you're, you're a great friend and a, and a great Kiss fan. And well, hopefully the listeners like it. I know the one guy described the podcast in the Kiss Room as kind of meh. So well, we got two that's, words. You know, I want that written on the tombstone of our shows. It was kind of meh. So, But as far as uh, my least favorite track, I remember remember how I said it's a defining question for a Kiss fan? I remember asking Mike Mayocker 
what's the least favorite song off Creature, at which point he stood up and threw the table across the room and said, this discussion's over. <laughs> There's no <laughs> such thing. No, I'm kidding. He, he never did that. Hi, Mike. I love you. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it really would have to come down to danger. Right. And the only reason for that is that the chorus seems a little bit uh, too Las Vegasy. You know what? It should have been on the Elder. Imagine it right before the es- Escape from the Island, and it's basically part of the. If you think of it as the soundtrack, like Danger, you know, it would kind of go. I mean, it could be uh, you could do Lost in Space version. Where where is that Danger? Danger, danger Will yeah. Robinson. Danger. You know, if you if you substitute, if you didn't substitute, I wouldn't take anything off the Elder. Oh no, so let's not say substitute. But the if you added it into your Elder soundtrack. You could almost see where that would be like the, uh, you know, the big battle. Like that could be a great song right before the kind of final battle in The Elder. You know, yeah, I think maybe something like that. And it, and it is kind of very comic book. I mean, boiling the blood in my veins and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, it, it could fit in there maybe just as well. So then let's let's be extra goofy. Let's we, let's be the kiss nerds <laughs> that we know that we, we are and long to be forever. Which songs off Creatures could go on an Elder mix? Like, if you were to do Elder, the expanded edition, right? Like, let's say that you took some of the songs off of Creatures to flush out the Elder story. There's a few songs that could work, right? See, I think Danger would be great if Danger was right before Escape from the Island and it really represented... Kind of like, you know, in the, in the soundtrack, kind of a final battle and, uh, you know, blood is boiling in his veins and, you know, it's uh, very comic booky. And I think, you know, The Elder, maybe if it took itself a little less seriously and was a little more comic booky. But I, I could see where Danger would actually probably work just as well on The Elder than it, than it did uh, on Creatures. Um, you know, something like that. I mean, it's funny how certain songs on here really do pair themselves well with other songs in there. I mean, Killer, you could see Killer certainly as kind of the the hot sister of uh, Sweet Pain. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, when you're making your Kiss mixtape, I think uh, that that could work. Or even, I mean, Keep Me Coming. Can't you almost hear that on a mixtape right next to Who Wants to Be Lonely? It's oh, got that same kind of chug, yeah. you know. Those, those songs are very similar, but that wouldn't fit on the Alder. No, no I, not the elder at all. I think it just uh, you know, but I think danger would be great. Um, that's probably one of the few that I would really think to move um, onto the elder. I think just because War it works Machine in the soundtrack, work. kind of a montage, you know. Uh, War Machine. I mean, sure, War Machine is very you know uh, comic booky, and obviously Taz used that as his theme song. Yep. So obviously, any ECW fans. You know, they know that. So, And then, of course, Creatures itself, right? The, the, the song Creatures of the Night. The song Creatures of the Night. I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't throw that onto the Elder because the song Creatures of the Night, you know, I think is such a strong leadoff and, and really defines this album and, and the heaviness of the album. Oh, I agree. But just, just play with me. I mean, where would it fit on the Elder? You know what? If you led right from Mr. Blackwell, and there he is, you know, Mr. Blackwell, and this and that, but now he's summoning the, his army, which are the creatures of the night. It, w- it would take on a different kind of a vibe, even when you mm-hmm. think about like the video where they have, you know, the army of teenagers with their eyes. Imagine that the oh, creatures man. of the night are the army that uh, that we're battling against to preserve the uh, the oath. You know, who knows? <laughs> or maybe this would be the battle cry of the uh, the the champion absolutely why not as he gathers his own but see i always figured that in the elder i always kind of took it as it was one 
kid with his mentor there against kind of and look it all goes back to I'm, I'm simple it's Star Wars it's you know it's yeah. Luke Skywalker blowing up the Death Star mm-hmm. it, it, in a way it was always you know Conan with his small group of Conan the Barbarian Conan uh, creatures of the night creatures you know, like, of uh, the night you know and I think that vibe which uh, so I think in a way creatures you know, would almost you know, I, yeah. It's certainly such a battle cry. You'd hopefully it was for the yeah. good guys. So yeah, I always loved interviews with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where they'd ask him about the film. When I was doing Conan, you know, <laughs> they had a certain word, you know, a way of speaking the things. You know, when I was doing Conan, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We were easily amused back in the eighties. I uh, still am. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we laugh so much. Absolutely. Absolutely, actually. Well, Matt, we're soon we're doing a show, a series of shows on The Elder. What are your thoughts on The Elder real quick? Well, look, The Elder, the same way. I mean, we've talked about this before, but I think it's one of those things where at the time, I mean, you figure The Elder, when that came out, it was like 81. I'm like in eighth grade, and mm-hmm. I was so into comic books and, and you know, that kind of thing that it, it made good sense to me. You know, obviously, I think in a lot of ways, you know, people talk about now, oh, The Elder is such a shocking departure, but I think it's like if somebody hands you a big stack of records now, yeah, it doesn't necessarily fit. But at the time, it's just it was what was coming out, and you kind of got it, and we were so happy to just have a new Kiss album. And I think, in a, in some ways, if you like, if you listen to the solo albums, you can kind of see the influences already. I mean, Gene doing light stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, if you took something like "Take Me Away" together as one, I mean, you can see where that kind of points a straight line into Odyssey. I mean, I think you know what I mean. Like, I I, I wasn't that surprised. Like, I don't remember being like, "Oh my God!" Like, you know. Because it was just it was a new Kiss record and I liked it and uh, I've always liked The Elder I think but in that that same way is that because I really have always liked comic books and science fiction and things like that it just kind of fits into that puzzle it's I think it's why Kiss has lasted so long if you're in the mood for one thing you can listen to this record if you're in the mood to, for something else you listen to this one so it's uh, an Elder Elder will always bring out a good conversation in Kiss fans that's for sure oh absolutely. So look forward to that episode as we get into music from the Elder. Echo, echo, echo. unofficial and unsanctioned KISS book, Odyssey, The Definitive Examination of Music from the Elder, KISS's cult classic concept album, in hardback, paperback, and digital formats. The book is currently available for pre-order on Amazon.com. Co-authored by Tim McFate and Julian Gill, the 500-page book shines the investigative spotlight on the most controversial and mysterious album in the KISS catalog. Through a series of more than 30 long-form interviews and more than 10 topical features, Odyssey offers the definitive examination of KISS's lone concept album, which has attained cult classic status among a segment of diehard KISS fans and provides an unobstructed window into a fascinating period in history. The book's interviews were conducted with individuals who either worked on the project directly or have a connection of sorts, including professionals who have never told their elder story. 
readers will gain unique perspectives regarding the album's creative process, commercial release, and legacy, in addition to reading many fun antidotes and recollections from the interviewees. For further information, please visit kissodyssey.com or follow Odyssey Elder Book on Facebook. Author interview inquiries can be sent to elderbook at kissodyssey.com. This is Ken Keenan, and you're listening to Podkissed. And of course, what would an episode on Creatures Live be without having someone really cool pop up? And here he is, Ken Keenan from the KISS FAQ podcast. Ken, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. By the way, I dig that shirt you're wearing. Uh, Yes, yes. It is is ultra sexy, and for those who cannot (laughs) see, those without second sight, he's wearing... Well, you, you tell us what it is. Oh, it's, a, it's the Podkist. Yes, uh, the Podkist t-shirt. t-shirt. Famously. That, yes, the famous Podkist t-shirt, which you can get on Redbubble. Designed exactly. by Ken. So enough promo for that. If you want a Podkist t-shirt, you can find it. Check the show for notes. Ken, <laughs> beside a podcast with two Kens, uh, you know, here we are. You, two is better than one. Yes, two is better than one. You actually saw the Creatures of the Night Tour three times. You have Roland and I beat. Tell us about your experiences. Where did you see yeah, them? I was lucky enough <laughs> to see them three times on Creatures of the Night. Uh, just by chance, uh, I had a friend who was uh, in college at the time, and he was down in, uh, I'm in Northern California near San Francisco. And he was down south in uh, Long Beach State. Uh, I knew Kiss was coming uh, to our local area, San Francisco. And I was getting tickets for that, so I wasn't going to miss that. But then he called me up and said, hey, they're playing twice down here. Once in uh, Irvine, uh, California, and then the other one is in in, uh, L.A. at the uh, Universal Amphitheater. Mm. And, uh, And those two shows were two nights in a row down there and I and he said yeah do you want to do you want to go want to get tickets I said I said hell yeah <laughs> get those tickets so that's why uh, how I came to see them three times there we used to have a paper here in the San Francisco Chronicles <laughs> people know what the uh, paper is anymore there was a pink section called the date book and it had a full they had a full page ad or uh, the Creatures of the Night tour here. I remember about that is, you know, I saw the picture and I said, wait, did Ace change his makeup? Uh. I'm like, what? what is that? I was like, I, is that Ace? I was like, what's going on here? But uh, So that was strange. So when we finally ended up seeing him down in the first show, it was very exciting. I don't know. Do you want to hear about the show? Or? Oh, absolutely. Go for it. Yes, please take us. Take us to the venue. Give it to us, man. It's a six-hour drive from uh, from where I live, so it was six hours drive. And uh, uh, so the first show, Irvine Amphitheater, uh, we were almost front row there. And uh, I remember the beginning. Uh, you know, you got the who wanted the best, you got the best. Uh, but when that show started, it was just you know they were on fire. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Totally on fire. Yes, and, they were. and the third thing I remember about it is the you know the t- you know the tank stage is just one of the greatest stages that they ever had, uh, if not one of the you know the best. Um, so I remember this is you know I could be hallucinating, but I remember that the there was at the beginning uh, of the show the treads on the tank they have these little lightning kind of bolts or yes. something on them that go along the treads and the what what might, might have been a, a lighting effect uh-huh. uh, or something but i they looked like they were actually rolling they and did moving. did you notice that absolutely but I, you know i think it was uh, accomplished through the they made the sound of a, of a tank like moving basically uh, along with the smoke or uh, fog if you right. will and and in that and the moving lights made the effect that it seemed like it was moving. Plus, Eric's drums came out a bit. The Went drum turned. Yeah, it was actually moving forward. So it actually made it seem like it was going to roll and crush everybody in the first row or second row. You know, it, it really did have that feel to it. It, it did. And uh, yeah, like you said, they had that it did have the noise. The, uh, the tank sound you could hear it you know going along and then all of a sudden yeah like you said the fog the fog was there and everything and then the, here they are out there and you know just going just amazing full and what what energy they had uh, during the show it was just amazing.
you deflated when you saw that Ace wasn't with the band? Well, I remember getting the, you know, you pick up the tour book, and I think I got the tour book hat, maybe a button or something like that, uh, when I came in and looking at the tour book, and it's like, okay, you know, this is Vinny, Vinny Vincent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, I was kind of, I was deflated, but you know what? Uh, we lost, you know, Peter Chris just a couple of years before. Yeah. Out of the band, and I, I seemed to handle that okay. Um, you know, Eric Carr was a, a great replacement. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was it was kind of shocking. I, I wanted to see, I mean, give give Vinny a chance anyway. You got to give the, a new guy a chance because you, you don't know, you know, how he's going to be. So when he was out there and he was, he was just blistering <laughs> through solos on their songs. Now, of course, they didn't sound like Ace's solos anymore, which was somewhat a problem for me but because I liked you know Ace's melodic solos I mean they always fit the song perfectly but uh, you know I said well this guy obviously can play great guitar and uh, he was doing some you know his high notes squealing notes that were like I thought my ears were going to explode my eardrums <laughs> so, loud. so yeah it was something to see and you know I thought well this guy's good I wish yeah I wish he would have done you know a little bit more uh followed aces but I, I don't know if, I don't think he can do that
kind of won me over that night in Cleveland. Mm. It was almost like, uh, well, if if we can't have Ace, this guy might get us through the 80s. You know what I mean? Because there was that new style of guitar playing that was happening. That's true. And it just, he seemed to really encapsulate that. So Yeah, the new style with, you know, Eddie Van Halen and then, then all the followers Randy after Rhodes that. and so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, right. So three shows. Now, which shows were they again? So the first show was at Irvine uh, Amphitheater uh, in Irvine, and then the second one was Universal Amphitheater, which is a, is an internal. So the first show was outdoors. Second one was indoors at Universal Studios, and uh, then the third one was at the San Francisco Civic Auditorium up here, uh, which was actually the last performance in makeup on U.S. soil. It was the last show in makeup until in the u.s at least until you know the reunion wow so i was lucky enough to be at that one too yeah was it weird seeing them outdoors uh most concerts back then were indoors uh-huh. um and the first time i saw them it was at the cow palace in san francisco in 79 uh so this is really this was my second third and fourth time seeing them because the first time was dynasty tour and so yeah, I was pretty excited. I had a long gap from Dynasty to '83, uh, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so I was really waiting for it. It's like, well, they didn't tour for Unmasked or The Elder, 
And I was like, crap, man, when are they ever going to come back? And finally they were back. So, man, I was I was so hungry to, to see them. And, and you know what? They did not disappoint. They were hungrier. They were hungry, mean. They were tight, too, very tight as a band with Vinny, I noticed. So Yeah. You know, you mentioned that you saw the Dynasty Tour, and I did as well. Yes. It was quite a different look and feel and vibe. What would you say? I mean, it was like day to night, correct? I agree. They seemed a lot safer, I guess you could say, with the on the Dynasty tour, uh-huh. with the you know the superhero kind of look, costumes, the colors. Uh, also, they're you know I don't know if the they still had the energy, uh, but it wasn't uh, a, a aggressive energy. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, Creatures of the Night was just like I'm going to tear your throat out, you know. Something like that versus uh, Dynasty, which is more, yeah, we're here, we're super kissed, and, you know, yeah, this is us, so. But, you know, when they uh, came out on that Creatures tour, it, they really dominated that stage. They took it over. There was no slowing down. It seemed like they moved a lot more, and uh, it was just, just mind-blowing. Like that tank, they were there to roll you over. Yeah, there was no lit up. Uh, that's one thing. There was no slow slowing down on the Creatures show. It was like from the start, you know, Creatures of the Night and all the way through the end, uh, it was crazy. I, I remember, though, at the end, uh, we were about get, to get crushed uh, at the Irvine show. Uh, you know, it was, maybe it was Rock and Roll Night or whatever at the end. And, and Paul says, you know, you know, come on down. Everyone's, so everyone was like getting up because it was reserved seating and we were all... I was pressed up against the, like the front of the stage or the barrier or whatever it was at right there. And, uh, man, I thought, here we go, man. I'm going to lose my life at a Kiss concert. But, you know, what a, what a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I died seeing Kiss. Then you'd be like the guy on the Destroyer album. <laughs> yes, I could be part of a song. Yeah, there you go. Now, as far as tour attendance, what were the attendance like in your remembrance? I, I do remember it seemed pretty full for the most part, down in Irvine. Uh, Universal, I think, was sold out, Universal Studios. You know, it wasn't a huge place, but I know it was sold out as far as I remember. Uh, San Francisco Civic Auditorium was probably a little bit less uh, than the other, at least. It wasn't, I don't think it was full to capacity, Uh, so it might have been a little wider.
Now listen. Listen. Wait a minute. Now don't forget we got people up here. And these people are getting a little squashed. So everybody, you take one step backwards. Come on. You comfortable up here? Listen!
there's still a, a good number of people. I mean, I was lucky enough to get the tour book. I guess they didn't start releasing the tour book until you know later in the tour. Um, all three shows were great. I thought I was going to go deaf <laughs> for all the, the loud concerts and you know, especially the two nights in a row. Oh my god, yeah, that was my ears were ringing for still the next week when I went to see uh, the other concert in, in San Francisco. Mm. Now, did did you see the Lick It Up tour? I did. Same stage. Exactly. Same four guys, same lineup. What was the difference? I mean, there's no real difference. But they were going to play San Francisco Civic. Uh, Civic, again, the same place where I saw the creatures. But for lack of sales, they moved the show over to the Berkeley, Berkeley uh-huh. Community Theater, which is a little smaller. The other thing about that is they weren't allowed to use any pyro at all in this place. Uh, pretty much when Paul came out at the beginning of that show, he said, they're not going to let us use our, our full effects, but you know we're going to still kick your butt, right? So they were. I mean, it, it, was, it was still, it was like the creatures, but it had that element missing of the makeup. I mean, the makeup with the state, with the, tank stage was it was just a perfect perfect match i mean it just worked so well that way now without the makeup and gene wearing a little bit of rouge on his cheeks uh his cheeks his cheeks and neck it was it was a little different uh but it was still great i mean it was still like they're still here i mean they're hungry and they're still they're trying to you know inch their way back from their their you know uh, low, you know, I don't know, popularity, I guess, uh, a couple of years before. Very good. It seemed like they moved around a lot more. They were more running, maybe more so, because they didn't have the big seven-inch heel, you know, the boots yeah, and the to costumes. slow them down. They're more nimble, I would say, yeah. on stage. So how would you rate the Creatures shows in the pantheon of all of the Kiss shows you've seen? Because... There's many people that have never had the chance to see it or didn't take the chance when it came around to see the Creatures Tour, and it has become a legend. I would rank it number one. Really? <laughs> I really Very would good. rank it number one for the makeup era. My number one for non-makeup would be when I saw them in the club, Revenge Club Tour mm-hmm. in San Francisco. I was lucky enough to be there. That was right up close and personal. And they kicked total butt on that. There was no, of course, no pyro, no effects, nothing. Just them jamming right in front of you. And it was awesome. Probably the best non-makeup show. And it wasn't even a regular Kiss concert. You know, it's amazing that those two shows, the Revenge Tour and the Creatures Tour, both have that same uh, legendary status among Mm. many people. Because a lot of people tuned out during those times. And the That's Kiss Army true. really regrets not uh, picking up on that. Yeah. Well, I never drop. I never. I never stopped being a Kiss fan. So I, I was with them at least you know from '77 through you know up till now, all all of the ups and downs and, and whatever. Uh, I I stuck uh, as a true you know true Kiss Army member. I hung with them. Any chance I can get to see them when they come to the area, I'll go. The legend is true. The Creatures of the Night Tour is legendary 
for those people who didn't get a chance to see it, I'm sorry you didn't, but it was pr- the greatest Kiss show on earth probably ever. That tour, even though there wasn't, you know, a lot of people going to see it, they missed out on something very, very special. Agreed. Well, we hope to have folks check you out over at the Kiss FAQ podcast. Of course, every once in a while, you wear that sexy shirt you're wearing. I so, do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to <laughs> I, I thank you for being on the show today. And tell everybody over at the KISS FAQ podcast hello for us, and we love them, and we're glad to be part of this with all of you guys. We, we are a scene, man. We're, we are one. We are one, and, uh, and thank you for having me, and I enjoy all your shows, the podcast, and then the, the, you know, the, the other ones, the podcast Rock City and, and the KISS Room and all that. Like you said, we're all one happy family, and enjoy talking to you. And, you know, it's really cool. I remember on message boards, like even 10 years ago, people would say, wouldn't it be great if there was a KISS radio channel where you could have yes. a KISS talk? And you literally can load it up and you can listen to all KISS radio all the time. <laughs> I know, yes. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it's like they have the Elvis radio channel on Sirius, yeah. right? So. But, you know, there's very few bands that manage to pull off this many podcasts. Seriously. There's, there's not many bands Agreed. that can do that. Agreed. Nothing you know. like uh, the Kiss Army out there. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Ken Keenan, for being on the show, and we will see you soon. All right. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate yeah. it. We're going to do something big now. This is the first song on the first album. Actually, it's the second one. It's called... Thank you. 
asking you, are you having a good time? You know, some people, some people are so damn lame. I'll bet, I'll bet you know some people who try to tell you, kiss
I know what you need. Kiss? Are you kidding? No. God. I love Kiss. No one loves Kiss. Paul Stanley is sick of Kiss. Whoa! Don't diss the Star Child. Hey, don't get me wrong, all right? I like to rock and roll all night. Part of every day. Party every day. Rock and roll all night and party every day. I like to rock and roll part of every day. Party every day. I usually have party. errands. I can, I can rock and roll from like one party. to three. Well, Matt, it's coming up on 10 years of uh, the podcast. Wow. That's we, amazing. We've done it, son. We've done it. You know, <laughs> Here we are, 10 years. And uh, as we look forward to the happy holiday season, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to you as well, Matt. Merry Christmas to you. I hope that Kiss Kringle is good to you. <laughs> you know, all of his uh, elderish elves. We we hope that uh, that you get some goodies under the tree this season. We'd like to thank everybody for sticking around another year with us, right, Matt? I'm so thrilled that people will still listen. And obviously, it is the most fun thing to just talk about. It's a good distraction. I mean, 2016, I think, was a roller coaster. And I think, uh, you know, obviously, when you can still get together with your KISS friends and your KISS army. And look, people around the holidays, some people get really bummed out. You know, things aren't the way they see it in the postcards. And, you know, you're, especially it's tough. You've, you've lost somebody. You're missing people. You know, the holidays can be a super stressful time. And I think it is one of those things where, you know, it is a good time to connect with your KISS fan friends. I mean, it gives you always something to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about politics anymore. That's, you know, that's painful at this point. And, you know, I think uh, it, just keep it for the fun that it is. And obviously this time of year, have as much fun as you can. And that's, you know, look, I love everybody. I hope everybody's having a good time. And that's what we're here for. If you're not having a good time, you're not doing it right. It's the way we feel about KISS. If you're not uh, enjoying KISS, you're not doing it right. So It's only once around the ride. You know, you can sit That's in the right, corner buddy. and crab or you can enjoy it, and I'd rather enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and, uh, and we want to thank you for another great year of the podcast and the KISS Room, our sister show. And look, I just want to thank you for always being so supportive of the Kiss Room. And I think it was on one of the, probably the most recent podcast, the Nick from Pod of Thunder said, well, what was the relationship between the Kiss Room and the podcast? And, you know, I really have to thank you because when I started, you guys were already like five years into it. And when I started, you really took me under your wing in a lot of ways. I mean, you were supportive before it was even called the Kiss Room. And it was really, I was just doing radio shows about Kiss and you're like, hey, you should do this all the time. You know, you're really doing a great job. And then the fact that you would share it with the iTunes feed. So a lot of the people that were already Kiss Room or Podcast fans, you know, tuned into the Kiss Room. And really, you know, I'm thrilled because they've, you know, we've really been able to keep a lot of people listening. And I, I really, I really thank you for that. You've always been a big supporter and a great friend to me. So it's, uh, you know, certainly congratulations on that and happy holidays and all the good stuff, Ken. Well, I wouldn't want to do it without you, brother. Seriously, <laughs> thank you for, for being part of all of this with me. Just uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there as you get ready for the holidays. and uh, You know, have some fun. Enjoy it. Savor it. Because these, these are the days. This is, this is, make, make the most of this time. Right, Matt? Everyone around the nation, raise your glasses, raise, raise your glasses. Your glasses. <laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all. Woo! See you on the next podcast.
ho, ho, ho. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, thank you for listening to Podcast, the KISS fanzine for your ears. And includes songs from Creatures. Let's let's take a look at... Jesus. What'd you do? You throw, that out. What'd you do? Throw a snare drum down the stairs? Hopefully you got that sound effect because I think I just broke one of the poster frames. Oh, no. I did, actually. <laughs> it, it caught it. Just an excuse to say taint. Oh, we're great at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, we are amateurs. Yeah, I make all the sex sounds with my mouth afterwards. <laughs> Squish. The stuff you shoot makes people say, I feel slightly dumber for having masturbated to that. This is a my bad kind of scenario totally i had no idea you couldn't light a car on fire in los angeles now we know can't burn a car anywhere actually. oh, oh yeah, you, can. you can i've burned like 40 cars never been arrested you should, you should it's a great way to get rid of evidence yeah probably shouldn't tell me that we're on the same team here we're, we're detectives for now when we solve our friend's murder we will become vigilantes yes that's illegal you can't be a vigilante why why batman doesn't there's no such thing as batman and being what? a what you are so wrong. If you go to Gotham right now, Batman is, is taking the line to his own hands. Batman is a fictitious character. Batman is the alter ego of yeah. Bruce Wayne, who's, who's real, a real person. Obviously. In the movie, he's a real... In the documentaries. I'm sorry? There's yeah. like a million documentaries, documentaries about Batman. There's one from the 70s, and then there's some from the 90s, and they just had three in the last like decade. There's like three new documentaries yeah. about Batman. Do you have any idea what the term documentary means? Yeah, non-porno with, movies. With, with real people. English patient. You guys belong in a mental institution. That's how we met, actually. It was lovely. Yeah. Look. Ooh. This place oh, is nice. Right? I'm glad you wore your nice flip-flops. <sighs> Stay frosty, man. Okay.